HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program has been brought to you by Hearst Ranch, the nation's largest single-source supplier of free-range, all-natural, grass-fed, and grass-finished beef. For more information, visit HearstRanch.com. Broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn, you're listening to HeritageRadioNetwork.org. listening to Let's Eat In on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Kathy Airway, and uh, that was a fun little song chosen by Joe here at Heritage. Uh, thanks for that. That was fun. Um, so today, we are chatting with Nicole Carruth. She is the founder of With Food in Mind, a new organization. How are you doing? I'm great. Thanks for having me on today. Well, thanks for joining us. And um, it, the organization that you started is so inspiring and, and very multi-layered, and I'm still figuring it all out. <laughs> so would I you mind just... Yeah. No, okay. Yeah. Well, like many uh, Heritage Radio Network, you know, we're still figuring it all out. But um, tell us a little bit about uh, With Food in Mind. So With Food in Mind... Um, produces projects that are at the intersection of food, visual culture, and social change. And it's really founded on one premise, and that being um, because food is relevant to every living person, it's uniquely capable of engaging people of all different um, backgrounds and learning about the arts. Mm-hmm. Um, and the core program is an after-school program for underserved youth. And that is really, um, I, I think, has inspired everything that we do at with Food in Mind. And that is one, an attempt to combat obesity statistics, okay. um, specifically among black and Latino children who um, suffer disproportionately from um, obesity. But also at the same time, if you look at state to state statistics, those are also the populations that suffer the most from cuts through t- cuts to arts education. Okay, So wow. it's... Um, our after school program is about it's teaching youth about food through the arts. So it's kind of serving two needs. Mm -hmm. So um, with food in mind, doing work at the intersection of food, visual culture and social change, all of that kind of goes back to the after school program. Wow. That is great. Very, very thoughtful. And, and it takes place at the school, like an extracurricular like club or something afterwards. Yes, we are working on our pilot program. We'll actually start fundraising for that soon and um, hoping to be at the School for Democracy and Leadership in Crown Heights. Okay, great. 
Um, so you are an arts critic and writer and long time curator and so forth. So you have a storied career in art, yes. fine art and so forth. How did you get in- interested in food as something to merge these interests? I think that's, a, I feel like there's always such a long story to, <laughs> <laughs> to answering that question. But I had a blog called Contemporary Confections. Um, and that was basically a way to, I wanted to write about art. And so I created a space for myself. And then thinking about the what I was passionate about, um, food, especially sweets. I have this, cra- <laughs> I have like a crazy sweet tooth. <laughs> food emerged as the thing that I... Um, was interested in. So it was a way to kind of um, access artists. So I offered to bring an artist their favorite suite to their studio <laughs> in exchange for having a conversation Is with me. Is this like a common ground thing? Like most art people are, have a sweet tooth? <laughs> no, they okay. didn't. N- not everyone. But Maybe. I mean, everybody loves to, you know, have someone bring a donut or something right, to their right. studio every now <laughs> and then. Um, so I started publishing these interviews. And at the time... It was just, I mean, it was just this thing that I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. But over time, I started thinking about how relevant food was to to everyone. And I think as a curator, I've always been interested in making art accessible to broader audiences. Because I I think often we're talking to our colleagues and people who have the same educational backgrounds as we do. Mm -hmm. Um, So food, I don't know over the years I was like well this is perfect this is a great way to make art accessible because everyone has some relationship to food so I don't it just kind of happened and but over the past six or seven years food has become incredibly popular in contemporary art Mm -hmm. there are a lot of artists and so has social practice in art you mean so like food has become a a theme or subject you see that explored through art yes cool um i actually write a column for art 21's blog every month where i'm looking at what's happening um with food and drink and contemporary art Mm -hmm. so um i'll give you an example michael rockowitz is an artist who um is based in chicago now but originally from new york and he did a food truck recently in chicago um and it was a way to introduce Greater Chicago to um, Iraqi communities through Iraqi food. Wow. And there were actually um, Iraq war vets who were working on the food truck, too. So it was putting these two um, wow. groups together. Um, and it was, I mean, an, an amazing project. So he's, so he's an example. artist, but he, he started a, a legitimate, like a viable, like food serving food truck. Yes. Wow. <laughs> Um, and you know, had a truck retrofitted and went through all the hoops with like, um, permits and all mm-hmm, of that stuff. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. His How's it going so far? Is it still, I actually, is it like an exhibit based long thing? Well, it was part of, um, an exhibition that opened at the smart museum and that exhibition has since closed. And I don't know if the food truck is still roaming the streets okay. of Chicago, but that was one of the things they were thinking that uh, out of this art project could come something that, that was permanent. Great. I wish I would, I could try some Iraqi food from a truck. Yeah, that me too. Sounds, yeah. And the food looked really good. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. Everyone connects around food and, you know, with so many, like, uh, confusions or, like, uh, unfamiliarities about different cultures, if you just try, like, the best food from there, it's like you have, you have, I don't know, different, I don't know, feeling 
about it, I think. For sure. I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that's really inspiring. Cool. So what other programs are you working on with In Food and Mind? Um, well, we have a partnership with Third Ward, mm-hmm. and which you know. Yeah. <laughs> and on October 20th, we have a class coming up called Still Life Iphonography. And Valerie Rizzo, who is a local photographer, um, she is teaching the class and students will have these, create these kind of stories at different tables. So Mm. root vegetables and (laughs) um, baked goods and they'll arrange their own still lifes and then she'll talk to them about how to, how to achieve certain looks um, using your iPhone and certain apps and how to create a balanced composition. Nice. And it's like a food based still life thing. We're using totally seasonal fresh produce. And um, locally baked things from local baked food. And yeah. I love that icon or iPhoneography. What is it called? Iphoneography. Iphoneography is a word. Yeah, it's you know a lot of people. I mean, it used to be like you had to have this digital SLR to mm-hmm. to be in like the kind of just be in the scene to uh, be a photographer. But you know these great iPhone four cameras. I do that. So, I mean, it's. It works, especially when you're on the go. Yeah. I also think, oh, a friend was telling me that he heard something on the radio or on television that said, you know, the people who own cameras now, that's likely to be their last camera because at some point everyone will be reliant on their phone. Wow. Because cameras are getting better and phones. I'd love to hear if Michael Harlan's or Kel, the host of uh, <laughs> the food yeah. scene, would really disagree with us right yeah. now. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if that's true, but it's. Um, I think it's just acknowledging a trend. I haven't bought a camera in years. Yeah, neither have I. I was like, I was on the boat. I was like, should I get a new or on the edge? I don't know. <laughs> the fence. There we go. And I still haven't jumped over. So we'll see. Yeah. Well, I have. I have a digital camera that was my father's, and I mean, it was probably one of the first ones. And uh-huh, it's just—it's uh-huh. terrible. It's terrible to Absolutely. my iPhone. I bet. <laughs> yeah, uh, you have to spend a lot or nothing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or and just have a phone. Interesting. So, um, third ward classes. Um, those classes are booming. Oh my gosh! Yes. I was looking at their calendar, and they have like eight classes going on at any given hour. It looks like mm-hmm. it. So I think they offer something like four hundred classes a month. Mm-hmm. It's, that's insane. It's crazy. Well, that's yeah. cool because uh, when I walked in there, um, I recently helped a co-teach a class that uh, Nicole had hosted along with Janice Bivy, an amazing artist and installation artist and microgreens grower. Yeah, <laughs> um, that was a great class. Yeah. But when I walked in there, it, su- it seemed kind of like a college campus that I walked in. Because <laughs> they were like, I was like, which room do I go to for this class? They're like, well, you go down the hall and you make a left. And then as I was making all these twists and turns, there's all these different classes going on. Yeah. And different, like, kind of put together studios. <laughs> And they're all so different. There's, mm -hmm. you know, the... um, The the welding people? Yeah, the welding and the woodworking and then... Bicycles. Bicycles. And then there's, you know, fashion um, photo shoots taking place in the photo studios. Mm -hmm. And then there's us, like, cooking and stuff. (laughs) People are walking by in the street, in the hallway, like, oh my God, are you guys cooking? Yeah. Yeah, that definitely drew people in. (laughs) Can I taste it? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we had the best smelling class for sure. I mean, uh, that's case in point that food connects these artists and all all types of people. Yeah. 
Great. So, uh, and uh, speaking of uh, which, I, I saw that uh, Jenna's Pibby was teaching another class on microgreens growing with you, or she, no? She, she actually may. did something before the class at um, Third Ward, and okay. that was, she was um, teaching young kids ages uh, 6 through 16 how to um, make their own little micro farms with recycled containers. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we had a community chef, Melissa Daniel, who's mm-hmm. um, from Brooklyn, who was um, harvesting the microgreens, as you did, that Jenna mm-hmm. grew, and uh, kind of showing parents what they could do with them once their children's little farms started okay. to sprout. So she made a watermelon and arugula salad. Oh, wow. Nice. So yeah. the kids and the parents attend the class? Together? It was a drop-in art workshop at okay. Weeksville, so it was um, it was a really beautiful day, and it was on their lawn, and they have a farm on the lawn, and people could just stop at different tables and try food. And oh, nice. um, the event was uh, organized by the Laundromat Project, which puts artists in laundromats um, as and sees laundromats as spacious spaces for social change. Wow, that's amazing! <laughs> yeah, they do really great work. So they have this annual event called Greening the City, which is an eco art festival so we were part of that and jenna was there helping us can you come to my laundromat <laughs> the annoying we like, probably go to the same yeah we laundromat. probably go to the same one on lincoln road or yeah yeah there we go i was just there yesterday with the oh my god the stern chinese old lady <laughs> like shouting oh it's not dry you have to add more quarters i'm like come on stop micromanaging Anyway, that's my experience. <laughs> Nothing against old stern Chinese ladies. I have I have one uh, as my mom. Anyway, um, <laughs> well let's uh, let's come back to this conversation um, after a brief little musical interlude. We'll talk more with Nicole Carew. Oh, right after. This.
ranch grass-fed beef pasture raised on 150,000 acres in Central California Hearst Ranch grass-fed beef free-range, sustainably produced humane Hearst Ranch grass-fed beef the authentic flavor of the American West Alright, we're back on Let's Eat In. Today's guest is Nicole Carruth from In Food In Mind and a longtime veteran art critic, curator, and so forth. So congratulations on founding With Food In Mind. I can't Thank wait you. to see how where it goes. I'm excited about the after school program and so that's gonna be launching pretty soon, you're saying? Or? Our our um, Indiegogo campaign will launch in the next month and then oh, check um, that out. Yeah, please check that out. Um, and then uh, we're raising money for the pilot program and it's the after school program is attached to an artist residency, so mm-hmm. we pair an artist and a food professional, kind of like putting you with um, Jenna. Oh cool. Um, to create their curricula collaboratively so Ooh, it's nice. about bringing their individual ways of thinking and creating into one really great curriculum cool um so that will happen and then they'll actually go and teach that to students so we're looking at winter spring mm-hmm. are you looking for other teachers to like reach out to you and suggest yes. ideas okay yes, reach out sure. reach out info at with org. if you're an artist or a food professional interested in teaching um in our after-school program, and especially our adult workshops. Yeah. Let us know. I can't wait to see how you pair people together. I think that'll be the funnest part, yeah. you know, as a teacher and, yeah. and as a student to check them out. Um, this is kind of off-topic, but uh, is there any reason you went with Indiegogo for your campaign instead of Kickstarter? Um, uh, our after-school program, which is called Artists in the Kitchen, is a fiscally sponsored project of Fractured Atlas. Mm-hmm. So um, they have a partnership with Indiegogo and Rocket I Hub. I thought so. Okay. Yeah. Because I tend to see more nonprofit things on Indiegogo. But can you use Kickstarter? Or, like, does that not? I can use Kickstarter, but they don't support um, Kickstarter. Um, campaigns in the same way that they support any go-go campaigns them being fractured outlets so interesting yeah okay cool well i can't wait to check that out and help support it and spread the word thank you keep posted on with foodinmind.org keep posted coming soon very soon all right so um what is your ultimate date meal of your dreams my date meal yeah oh goodness and i know you're a vegetarian we we're just talking about it so Vegetarian. Well, I have to say, my favorite vegetarian spot, and I have been known to go on dates here, is Gobo. Gobo? Yes. Have I you don't been know there? it. No. Gobo is on um, 6th and West 8th. Is it like Japanese? Maybe Japanese inspired. I'm okay. not sure. Um, or Asian fusion. Uh-huh. But it's a vegetarian vegan restaurant. Oh, and cool. I love their I haven't food. seen it. Really? Mm-mm. There's one on the Upper East Side, I know it too. means burdock root, but yeah. Oh, does it? Yeah. Gobo is like uh, the Japanese word for burdock root, but there mm-hmm. it's like a delicacy. It's, it's a, uh, yeah, it's something that we don't really think of as food, but they, it's a delicacy there in Japan. Oh, interesting. Yeah. But it's also a cool sounding word. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's a great name for a restaurant, too. <laughs> um, yeah, so... Um, and what about for something you would cook? Do you cook a lot? I would imagine so. I do cook quite a bit. Yeah. 
So my favorite date meal that I would cook? Mm-hmm. Oh, this is a tough question. And um, you're married, right? No. No. Okay. Um, <laughs> so now you're like, that's why you're like, brave. So I don't know. <laughs> and when was the last time I went out on a date? <laughs> um, <laughs> By the way, there is nowhere to go in our neighborhood. There's not anywhere to go. There's not even a supermarket well, the, anymore. The place closed. That place on the corner, the Papa and Sons or whatever, on Lincoln. Oh, that's right. But it wasn't good to begin with. Right. It had gotten a lot better, though. It had. PLG. PLG CSA is, is still very much alive and kicking. Yeah. Anyway, um, off topic. <clears throat> the Lincoln Tavern is, is doing well. Um, I don't like it. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I do. I am a fan of this um, this recipe that I got out of Gourmet Magazine years ago, mm-hmm. and it's a polenta and seitan and mushroom lasagna. Ooh, I'm a big fan of that, and I like making that for friends. So, so it's all layered with polenta, and then you cook the mushrooms with the seitan. Yes, and then you put bake a it. lot of cheese on and it. And you bake it together. And you wow. make like a cheese sauce. Yeah, that sounds like it. a fun variation on something with like maybe sausage and mushrooms, mm-hmm. and then tomato sauce or no no tomato sauce that sounds really fun yeah it's good and very um winter winter uh dinner worthy Mm -hmm. hearty hearty where do you get where do you get seitan or do you make it by any chance i've never made it i usually buy it from whole foods or a little market on flatbush called Susie's farm Mm -hmm. um i tried to make it once it wasn't half bad in the end and now I'm like, well, I totally forgot about that incident, and I want to try it again. But, um, you know, seitan is just wheat protein, or wheat, sorry, gluten. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's very straightforward. It's not tofu, you know, but it has that kind of similar chewy texture. Yeah, it's even chewier. It, it's why, even chewier, yeah. Which is, I think... I eat for texture, I think, mm-hmm. as much as flavor, and I really enjoy that about seitan. You like that? Yeah. yeah. Gives you something to bite into. Mm-hmm. Maybe because uh, Nicole was just talking off air about how she misses bacon, <laughs> <laughs> and she's thinking about uh, eating bacon, even though she hasn't eaten it in eight years. But uh, maybe if you add some smoky, like, maple flavor to some seitan. Seitan, I can... And then crisp it up. Fool myself. Yeah, I would give that a try. I should try. In fact, it. you know, there's a new um, artisanal t- seitan maker in Brooklyn, and I can't remember their names, but they make different flavored seitans every week. Sometimes with like, you know, just they they like braise it or something, soak it in the flavor. So maybe, maybe they, maybe we should suggest they make a bacon flavor. <laughs> yes, please make a bacon flavor <laughs> for Nicole Carew. <laughs> no, I mean for many no, people. For a lot I've of heard people, for sure. Yeah, I've heard uh, of vegetarians who say I'm a vegetarian except for bacon. <laughs> you just can't duplicate bacon. Um, yeah, it's just it's wrong. It's it's <laughs> it wrong to tastes, try to no not it. to try, but just it it just tastes wrong to me. Oh just, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, th- th- you don't think of when you eat seitan as something that's a meat substitute, right? You just think of it as its own thing yeah i don't think right. of it as trying to imitate something else yeah. it just is I think there's two philosophies is. going on yeah. there about that yeah so heavily favored or not but um yeah i, I don't know i can't really solve that issue <laughs> either i don't know but it'd be I, fun to try that's all i know one day yeah. yeah 
So uh, what are you looking forward to in, with the next steps for with Food in Mind, uh, either, you know, getting, because I know that you just recently established it, and uh, it's all run by you, is that correct? Yes. I'm also looking for an intern. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> There's a call out for interns. Um, but yes, it's it's run by me right now. And um, and it's a nonprofit or? It's no? a hybrid. Okay. And so there's a the kind of larger umbrella organization as a for-profit and the after-school program, which is really um, our primary. Primary a, project. A project is yeah. um, a nonprofit. And a lot of the adult workshops and events and things that I'm organizing uh, are fundraisers to help um, the youth program. So it all kind of feeds back into the youth program. Interesting. Um, But one of the projects I'm really excited about is a pop-up dinner that I'm doing in Canada, in Toronto, um, with an artist named Adam Chanfrani. Um, And that will take place on American Thanksgiving Day, November (laughs) 22nd. And she did a project in, she used to live in Brooklyn. She recently relocated to Toronto. And she did a project called Consume Love, where she built this um, kind of wooden food cart inspired by her Italian ancestors. And she was dumpster diving. And so she would take all of this food and she would um, make food uh, for like opening receptions and serve it to visitors. And it gave her kind of a platform to talk about, um, the food choices that we make and about food waste and environmentalism Mm -hmm. and all these things. So, um, drawing on that, we are doing a pop-up dinner for with food in mind, which is a pilot for what I hope will become a series of, um, pop-up dinners prepared by artists oh my gosh that is amazing so is it going to be uh forage from dumpsters forage some of it she's collecting crab apples and things right now she's preserving some things and then she's um she'll be dumpster diving for root vegetables and things like that um and she's cooking a really great meal i i, I don't know if everyone has this reaction but i can't wait to see like i just love the sound of that because i know that people are really creative and i know that I'm not afraid of it. I don't know. And I know it's going to be good. It freaks some people out. And um, I kind of get a kick out of explaining freeganism to people because the just yeah, the looks too. on people's faces. Um, but she makes really good food. And I, it, she makes really good points because I think when people think of dumpster diving, they think of food that has rotted already. But a lot of times grocery stores and restaurants are required by law to throw things out when they're still perfectly fine to consume. And freegans tend to know when, where to go and when to go there mm-hmm. so that things are still in, you know, perfect mm-hmm. condition. And it's so creative, too. Yeah. Because you get to use, um, I don't know, apples or whatever it is that you find. Mm-hmm. And if you're, I don't know, I feel like it's just such a cool way. It's like making art from, you know, found found materials exactly so and what is the artist's name again adam chanfrani i gotta check this guy out girl girl a girl named adam yeah (laughs) a-t-o-m oh and she's the co-author of a book called um a green a roof grows in brooklyn diy green roofing wow and she's also she'll also be teaching a class for with food in mind on green roofing and um diy solar heating sounds like my kind of girl (laughs) (laughs) Well, cheers to that. Um, so definitely check that out on the calendar with, at withfoodinmind.org. And I guess that's about all the time that we have left. 
Great. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for being here, Nicole. And uh, we'll see you next week on Let's Eat In with probably a different song in the intro. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.